Welcome to the Living Authentically podcast, where we talk about living an authentic and spiritually meaningful life. I'm John Sadiq, and it's wonderful to connect with you. This podcast doesn't have any set formula, so you'll get to hear interviews, reflections, talks, and sometimes even just music. But it's all with a heartful basis of supporting and inspiring you to live from the highest within yourself. If you wish to know more about our work, head over to www.authenticliving.life. Hi there, I'm John. In this episode, I'll be chatting with my friend Francis Trussell. Francis is a meditation teacher, author and former broadcast journalist. We talk about everything from her spiritual journey through to the impact of her meditation practice on her family life and lots more. There were some audio issues with this recording, sadly, so there are a few little dropouts here and there, so please forgive us for those. This is a really good chat, so I just had to share it with you. Well, hey Francis, it's really lovely to to be here with you. You too, John. It's been... A little while. We had a wonderful time, didn't we, when we met up last? Yeah, the Mindful Living Show. Absolutely. Is, is, is that how we first met at the Mindful Living Show a few years back? Yeah, I believe it was. I saw, actually, that you were speaking. And uh, I'd come across some of your stuff, I think, on Insight Timer before. And... I was, yeah, excited to meet you. And so I just popped you a little email and said... Oi, let's have a cup of tea or something yeah. when we're around, if, yeah. if you will. Um, and there we are. There you go. And isn't it funny how um, certain people who sort of seem to stick, it's like, okay, you know, I don't see this person much, but I like that person. And then you kind of just kind of go around these things and, and there you are. Yeah, resonance. Resonance, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I wanted to ask you a, a few things, but bef- before we get into that, maybe for people who listen to, to this podcast, uh, Living Authentically, uh, you, I could ask you to introduce yourself a little bit. Sometimes I'm Francis. <laughs> um, I love, love, love what I do. Because for me, I discovered uh, that I wasn't my thoughts. I discovered mindfulness and it absolutely, boom, it, it absolutely, absolutely transformed everything for me because I was a right stress head actually massive stress head and very depressed and anxious for as long as I could remember I just can't imagine that really (laughs) (laughs) doesn't seem possible (laughs) Uh, well it's it's absolutely true I was even a kind of shouty stormy around person for, for quite a while, um, all this bubbling anger, just being kind of frustrated and, and searching really for something that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And so for me, uh, the, the, the glaringly obvious, well, it, it, it changes everything, doesn't it? When we finally stop and look and see uh, and so it's my absolute joy in just 
at meeting with people and, and sharing some of my experience and holding a space for them to hopefully see what's true for them. What were you doing at the, before you kind of got into teaching? I was a broadcast journalist. Ah. So, I'd, well, I trained as a broadcast journalist and I went down that route for a while and I ended up moving into the business of media. So, uh, from being a broadcast journalist, we train our brain to be focused very much on the negative. What is the most terrible thing happening in the world right now? And, and then to, to be able to take that on and to disseminate that. This is something I've thought I've wondered about an awful lot, which is, um, is why the worst of things is what we consider to be of such importance. How's that come about, do you think? Because you've worked in that world. I don't know what the answer to it is, but why is the the spreading of uh, the worst of us, the thing that the media does? I really don't know the answer to that, and I'm not sure whether anyone does. We kind of blindly can fall into the conventions that have existed previously. And for me, I had just unquestion unquestioningly followed what I'd been taught and how I'd been trained and how we're taught to prioritise. And and actually, it really, uh, when I started to wake up from just being lost amid that conditioning, it, it felt very, very stark, this, this question of why so much on the negative? How And how is it that we kind of categorize what the bad is uh, and it just felt so wrong for me to be working in that kind of environment at all it felt Absolutely. completely at odds with this awakening that I was going through and and I knew that I had to completely step away from that and that was really hard because I'd invested so much of my sense of identity in being a journalist, in all of this training, all of this education. And there was this real grief around recognising how blinded I'd been by by training myself to, to think in a certain way. And, and, and real grief for letting go of a, a big part of who I thought I was. Oh, but that's when really we, interesting. Yeah, when we when we recognise who we really are, we do we do realise. Wow, look, yeah, look at what I've been doing to myself, and look at this piece of me that I need to release. And so I had to even just cut myself off from reading any news, watching any television for quite a long time which felt so alien to me but actually after the initial grief so liberating so well, liberating i just wanted to ask you then because um because you've kind of gone straight into it's kind of uh, what, what, what was what i was going to ask you about which is kind of because you're already describing your spiritual journey in a way uh but i just wanted to kind of uh wonder if you could kind of um 
say more about kind of the beginnings of your spiritual journey, just kind of what started you seeing life in a different way? What was it? Was it a book? Was it a particular teaching that you came across? Was it the fact that you were in a world that kind of um, capitalizes on grief and, mm. uh, and pain and, and that something in you kind of began to recognize that you were more than this? I, I just wonder, you know? And then how did you begin meditating? So I think it was a combination of all of those things, actually. I think that that was a pretty fabulous summary, John. Um, I, I, was in, I was just in a mess, really. I was drinking too much, working too much, taking too many drugs, just um, this constant thing of trying to look for something else that I didn't know what that was. I was trying to escape myself. I was trying to get out of my own head mm. because my own head wasn't a very nice place to be. It was busy and critical and um, and I spent so much time beating myself up and was really depressed and anxious for such a long time. But there were there were quite a few pointers along the way. It wasn't one big awakening and whoopee do clean slate here i am a new person in a new world it was much more messy than that uh, lots of stopping and starting and i'd i've always practiced yoga from from quite a young age mm. and i'd had glimmers of something i'd had those moments at the end of a yoga class where i'd find myself teary or i'd find myself absolutely high as a kite and um, and so I knew that there was something in meditation for me but I like so many people had this belief that I couldn't possibly just meditate because my mind is too busy I'm <laughs> far too complicated you know and actually one day when I was really in uh, the depths of despair putting on my good act as the fabulous actress that I am, I was queuing um, uh, in a cafe um, and uh, at lunchtime waiting for a sandwich and there was two guys in front of me and one was chatting to the other about this book that he had read that had absolutely transformed the way he was viewing everything. And uh, I was there earwigging <laughs> and um, and that book was the power of now. I knew and you so, were going to say that. Yeah, and so I I ordered it immediately, and when it arrived, um, yeah, I think I read it in one take, and it it really there were parts of it that really resonated. There were so many parts of of, of it that I just thought this is woo woo and weird and rubbish and pain body and all these uh, all these resistances kind of uh, shot up within me and kind of with my very analytical journalist head on um, there were lots of things that I wanted to really dispute within it and yet there was this deeper sense of knowing um, that came through from that and so on about second or third reading uh, I started to really kind of swallow the medicine and it started to to, to take effect and, and then I suppose the question is well how 
how do we live this? How do we bring this to life? How do we, um, yeah, how do we not just know something? But yeah, how, well, how did, you, how did you make a practice out of that? Because, you, you know, a lot of people will kind of, you know, in yoga, we might call this kind of jnana yoga, the kind of uh, coming at things with the intellect or you read something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then how, do you, how did you sort of take what you'd read and then somehow create something practical from that so that you could unfold that into your life and bring about so I, change? I started meditating. I started playing around with meditation. And actually there was this real, once I'd got over this initial set of preconceptions that I had had about, you know, meditation and not having the right mind type of mind for it and actually there was just this real sense of straight away coming home Mm -hmm. and this familiarity and there was a a remembering a remembering that actually this was something meditating was my most natural state of being and I I knew how to do it we all know how to do it we're kind of moving in and out of these meditative states and actually I had um, it, I, funnily enough, I was talking to my sister just a little while about uh, a while ago about this because she had reminded me that when we were uh, quite small, when my mum and dad used to be arguing downstairs and she used to be getting upset, I used to take her through a body scan huh. or do some breathing with her, and I'd completely forgotten this. And it must have just been this um, innate thing that we that we carry with us, um, because I I could suddenly remember having done that and knowing that there was this kind of access point to calm there all along. And for me, it really felt when I began meditating that I just remembered this long lost way of finding my way back to myself Mm. and finding that thing that I've been looking for outside of myself all along it was like this obvious of course of course this is here of course this has always been here and and then I started going off on retreats um I'm sure my husband thought I was a bit uh you know running off to join some kind of strange cult because even just 10 years ago the word mindfulness wasn't that widely used uh, certainly within the circles that I moved and um, and people didn't really meditate so much and um, I feel so fortunate to find myself you know just a short few years later in quite a different land it's um, yeah the landscape hopefully it's really changing and, and people are remembering to meditate yeah absolutely so do you, do you think that that thing that you found in yourself was just yourself well that's the big question isn't it who, <laughs> who am i who, who are who you I? because you 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 know you started by saying that um you know while you were kind of like being sort of broadcast journalist francis uh, that that was an identity that you had, yeah. you know, being a journalist. And so, so, you know, even, you know, I always think that the, the answers in the statement are in the question always. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, that's an identity that I had. So you're aware that that's not you. 
Yeah. You're aware that that's a kind of an identity that you're wearing. And um, something that I, when I teach, I kind of, I wish I could kind of hand to people, but you can't, is um, that the only thing you're going to end up with, because people think they're going to lose so much when they begin meditating. But what you're going <laughs> to get is your actual self. Uh, and so you don't need to do all that other stuff anymore of kind of living through things and and uh, and whatever. So I, I wanted to ask you, you know, if you if you had a like um, uh, a magic wand or a kind of a, a fairy stone or something like that, and you could endow one thing to people uh, about a benefit of meditation. For me, it's that. It's if I could say, if you do this, you're going to end up with actually you what's really you underneath it all, which is the thing that you keep saying all along is what you want to get back to. People keep saying, oh, I just want to be myself. So I wonder what, what your thing would be. What, what would you kind of just, if you could transmit it automatically? I'm, I'm relatively fresh back from a Zen retreat and something that came through and tends to come through quite often so clearly is, there's this quality of listening, which when we're so busy talking, either outwardly or inwardly, mm-hmm. we just can't hear. And it is like this subtle hum of a happiness that no one can give you, that no one can take away. It is this quality of listening and just being in that quality where everything is everything is okay everything is okay and it's so beautiful and vast and endless um that that actually that this quality of listening also brings in to sharp focus how we quickly can take ourselves away from that, how we can make ourselves so small and hard to life and against life. And actually just expanding into that quality of listening takes all of that pressure away. It's that pressure that we put on ourselves that makes us small, that makes us separate and that makes us frightened and makes us live from this place of fear and so for me it's discovering not even discovering it's just hearing it's just listening Mm. i I call it listening to the silence behind the sound that's my own little phrase for it yeah but um uh, but you're not but you're not listening as in like listening hard you're just you you it's like being able to kind of hear the the dynamic layers in music or the space between notes isn't it yeah really yeah and, it's, and, and it's, it avails it's, everything to you yeah it, it absolutely it absolutely does and actually as someone who talks a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it it reminds me that that listening is the most important thing I could ever do. Just just shut up and listen, actually. Yeah. Listen to the truth that is already here 
when we're quiet enough and soft enough to be to be open to it it's it's like this quality even the action now as I'm feeling myself talk it's like the quality of this talking is like contracting around the air that yes, is here uh, and actually if we just soften and expand wow everything is already here it doesn't make for much of a podcast though does it if we just kind of meditate <laughs> <laughs> kind of like it's like well actually no it might be a really interesting video hello we're going to interview each other by sitting in silence <laughs> you know that might be a really good video to do for youtube or something you let's know do it. let's just do it yeah absolutely yeah mm. yeah it's like a whole being listening isn't it yeah. it's, your, it's like listening with your whole being because i think maybe somebody listening to this thinks because I, I i've i've been for i was very poorly in my 30s and uh, with kind of uh, depression and, and kind of uh, some, some mental health stuff. And uh, I can remember going to this counselor and uh, th this person had kind of learned to fake listening. <laughs> so they, they, they leant forward with a really concerned face, you know, but you could see kind of like this kind of mask, this moving mask of, uh, of kind of actually, you know, I'm not really here. I'm worried about shopping or, or, or whatever, whatever this person yeah. was kind of uh, thinking about, really. But they'd learned to kind of uh, run through a series of techniques and, um, and lean towards you a little bit. And that's not what we're talking about at all, is it? You know? No. <laughs> but but we, you can always tell the quality of, of somebody's attention. Yeah. Because it, it is a quality, it's, it, at times it is palpable, it, and, and we know this, you know, we, we know if we're speaking to somebody on, on the phone, even we don't have to see their face, we can, we can instantly, it almost has a flavour to it, a taste, it we, can, we, yeah. can, we can sense the quality of their awareness and whether something in the background has caught their attention, it is this palpable thing, and and. Yeah, it's all, everything comes down to this quality of our attention, where we're placing this awareness. And, and, and we, can really, we can really sense that. And so actually it is this thing about having this not very zoomed in awareness, like a straining to hear something, but actually this very expanded, open awareness that actually allows everything to arrive to you mm, and absolutely. in you. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you know, I was kind of, uh, I was chatting to somebody this morning just um, around town. I, I, uh, I run classes in the town that I live in and um, I, I inherit uh, people from, from kind of different traditions sometimes. And uh, there's this lovely guy who, who used to be a, a follower of Osho and um, I was chatting to him uh, and he comes to my session sometimes. He's quite a, quite a character. Uh, but he was telling me that he was at something recently and uh, he was talking about meditation. It was like a, a Christian prayer group he was at. Afterwards, somebody cornered him and said, oh, you've got to be really careful with this meditation business, you know, because if you open yourself up like that, the devil can sneak in. Mm. And uh, and I I wouldn't know how to answer that if um, uh, you know if because so, because it's so not that you know you, you're not opening <laughs> to yourself to to darkness at all 
it's it's that you're yeah. opening yourself to yeah to love to love to and love. to life itself and i would even use the g word but you know um <laughs> uh, well the spirit there's a, there's you know a great, there's a great quote from mother teresa somebody had asked her in an interview when you're talking to god what do you what do you what are you asking him and she said oh, i'm not asking him anything i'm just listening yeah and they and they said well what is god saying and she said well he's not saying anything he's just listening ah fantastic <laughs> See, that's exactly what you were talking about that's exactly mm. what you're talking about isn't it so i, I want um, to just pick up though you 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 know you you, you said you started off it's really interesting because you, you started off with with um, eckhart's power of now and that kind of um really opened things up for you but then you, you found yourself going towards the kind of the mindfulness side of things. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but now, uh, and we talked about this when we last met, you've been going further and further into Zen. Yeah. And you're, you're from the, you know, the Rinzai tradition, aren't you? So yes. um, what do you feel is kind of leading you in that direction? Because it's kind of, uh, you know, with, with I, I never know what to call kind of... Um, the power of now stuff. I mean, it kind of has roots in, in kind of uh, yoga meditation, Hindu Vedanta stuff like that. I, I'm not into kind of breaking things apart, mm -hmm. but you kind of it's it's kind of almost like a kind of non-spiritual spirituality, isn't it? You know, yes, uh, and kind of doesn't need labels, which is why it's so refreshing actually, because uh, you know God God hasn't God is not the name of God basically, and um, and anything we name is just our name that we give it. So. Uh, it's not really the 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 isness or the thing itself, but you, you you very clearly went towards kind of like the mindfulness side, and even your book is called has a, has the word mindfulness in in its kind mm -hmm. of subtitle. Your book, you know, not your thoughts. Um, is it the magical power of mindfulness? Uh, it's you are not your thoughts. The secret magic. Of the secret magic of mindfulness. There you go. <laughs> and you you kind of very clearly went in that direction, but now. You know, you're moving towards towards the Zen and the kind of. Um, I mean, what? Because I, I trained in Zen, uh, but I'm from the the Soto school. But there's no company. They're the same thing. But uh, yeah. uh, and what I always loved about Zen was was the the goal of living an ordinary life, but knowing you've lived it, knowing you're alive in that moment, mm -hmm. and and having an ordinary life. And I just wonder what's kind of leading you into the Zen. Yeah, I've never been one for labels. And no. actually, I've really, I've, I've worked with my Zen master for six years now. And I've been really resistant to kind of, you know, giving anything a label yeah. and very much, you know, to to define is to confine and all of these resistances. But actually, I, I love Cohen work. I absolutely love working with a spiritual question. And, and for me, the Zen way of let's really go for it within, within the Rinzai Zen work that I do, it's about, um, yeah, I, I, want, I want enlightenment now. And, of course, that is a desire, <laughs> and I recognise that. But... Um, but I feel just feel so strongly compelled yet to do the work 
to be as present as I can possibly be for this fabulous experience that is life and to dive into that as wholeheartedly as I can and for me that that's you know it's the whole reason I'm here and I'm not messing about actually I think this is the thing for me Zen it's very like let's get down let's get down to business let's let's be enlightened now not not in some distant future and um, and for many people, that's slightly too hardcore. It's too abrasive, and we yeah. should kind of sit just outside the gate and gently. If it opens, it opens, and it may never open. Uh, but no, I um, I'm there banging on the gate actually. <laughs> and you uh, are saying, the gate as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's there's just been this real kind of accidental falling into zen uh-huh. and just falling so in love with uh some of uh some of what's already been laid out i was always someone who thought i'd be walking my own path but it turns out that a few people have walked this particular path before and um and i'm really enjoying the journey of that right now will it be forever what's forever what will i feel next year who knows yeah but it's not another identity like being journalist francis it's uh it's a uh a map that you're using isn't it it's yeah it's it's a map but you've got to be careful of you know putting another hat on that you haven't noticed or um I have a lot of stuff coming up in my meditations at the moment around this whole idea of of personhood and it's almost like how I'm putting this hoodie on and I don't realise that I've kind of, well, it's slipped in front of my eyes slightly. Um, and, 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 and again, that's something else to be mindful of because it's easy to fall into the trap of being a spiritual person or a Zen this or a... Um, and actually, that's not who I am either. No. No. Um, so, but I'm I'm enjoying dancing along this particular path right now. So, let's see. Yeah. Well, also I know you like dancing as well. Yeah. And <laughs> I you? Do. Have you still been leaping about in your living room? I have. I have. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a daily dancer. <laughs> and uh, and it's just getting better and better. And in the in the um, this little project that I run in schools called Magical Moments. I've got these two different school projects I run, one called Magical Moments, one called Being Present, which is a much larger thing, which involves teacher training and all sorts of things. But with the, the little Magical Moments one, it's kind of um, this kind of almost like encapsulated period of time, but there's loads of dancing in it. <laughs> because I find that it was really, it's just a really wonderful way to kind of um, help children or adults um, process their emotions yeah. because we may not have the, the names for them and we still but that but just because we haven't got the names for them doesn't mean that they're not there so no. um so rather than trying to kind of because we always think we're puzzles to be figured out and um and then we try coming at it with kind of untangling the mind but actually we just need to move through the body and the heart a great deal at the time yeah absolutely and it's with that same quality of listening like your body feels and hears the vibration of that rhythm and we don't need to have a conversation about it the the body starts 
moving in commun in communion with what is arising and and it's it's there it's that being part of that resonance absolutely well we're on for that next time i'm down your way we'll find a a dance class absolutely a bit of five rhythms <laughs> bit of five rhythms is just incredible isn't it and you can mm. down you can dance um you know, what I think is amazing for, for kids is, you know, if you're feeling great, you dance feeling great. If you're feeling depressed and lonely, you dance the depression and the loneliness. Mm. You know, you, you dance your feeling, whatever it is, the stuckness, your not knowing. And, um, and quite amazingly, it's transformed in seconds. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. there's no thinking involved at all. There's nothing to do with your head. It's just, just landing in the body. Incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and it is all there. And uh, the this quality of ecstasy. And I used to be a bit of a clubber. Yeah. And actually, I've been in five rhythms groups recently, where all of a sudden it's like something opens up and, and usually actually from behind a bit of frustration or some anger or whatever and then suddenly whoosh there is this just this ecstasy that arises um, and I've probably been more high completely sober on a Thursday night in a sweaty hall in Vauxhall than I have, have had ever been clubbing, taking goodness knows what. Absolutely. So it's all there ready for us already. It is. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Well, well, one last thing, well, two last things I wanted to ask you actually. So just I wanted to talk about, you know, I want to ask you what you're working on at the moment because I'm just interested in that. So, what am I working on at the moment? I am seeing a lot of individuals. It kind of comes in uh, comes in waves, uh, and I'm I'm teaching a lot of group courses, uh, which I absolutely which I absolutely love. I love the energy of a of a group class, and they're always, even though some some of the time some of the things that we're covering and some of the material is the same it's always even te after teaching lots and lots and lots of them it's a completely different experience every time and I enjoy that so much uh, I've just started reinvigorating my YouTube channel I've made a commitment to putting out a video every week wow um, which which is yes it's quite a commitment but actually it's what I needed to do because um, there's so much that I want to share and I just want to put it out there. Okay. So regardless of achieving anything, it's it's a commitment that I'm kind of making with myself to just do that. I'm so lazy um, with mine, it's dreadful. Sorry? I'm just so lazy with mine, it's dreadful. <laughs> but you know what? It's good to work from inspired action mm. rather than... <laughs> rather than pumping stuff out yeah no, absolutely. Um, yes so with all of my social media I mean I'm fairly infrequent with it because unless I'm feeling inspired to post something on Instagram or Facebook I, I don't want to just be doing it for the sake of it so I've really kind of pushed back on that and just said no I'm going to go against convention and I'm going to do what feels right for me with the videos um, I just know that actually the thing that's been holding me back from doing them is just all sorts of ego rubbish like, 
oh no, why do I look like this? Or I couldn't possibly record one this week. My hair's terrible or <laughs> whatever it is. And actually, it's not about that. It's not about me. I need to get out the way and just say what what wants to come through. Absolutely. And it, I've got, I know that I have so many things that, that can help help people and actually would have helped me had I had knowledge of them even just a few short years ago mm. uh, when I was dealing with such terrible anxiety and depression. Now, the things that I can share with people and get them to shift really, really quickly, it would be a crime for me to be keeping those to myself. Well, if I'm you send me the link for the, for the YouTube, I'll, um, I'll put it underneath or I'll put it in the description for this podcast. It'd be really Brilliant. nice to share that with people so they could Brilliant. kind of uh, subscribe to your channel and all that sort of thing and give you lots of likes and things. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. I, but this is the other thing. I think it's this fear of kind of not getting that approval, which uh, can kind of stop us. And I, yeah. I think for me, just this, <gasps> what if I put loads of stuff out and people don't like it or it's totally ridiculous. I am... Um, uh, it's about learning in a way to just get over myself and do it anyway. The, the last thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, and just you did touch on it actually already, but I just wanted to kind of just a couple of minutes on this because uh, I know we need to wind up. But um, we're talking about sort of staying humble, you know, not kind of spiraling off into things too much. And, uh, you know, obviously you've got kids and a, and a partner. Uh, so I, I was interested in, in the idea of meditation and the family. And how how you practice? Well, is your family your practice? That that would be that's that's it, really, isn't it? Is is your family the practice? Is that part of your practice? Uh, the people around us are always our practice. Yes, and I'm very fortunate. Um, is, I'm not sure if it's if it's fortunate. My my kids are little Zen masters. Ah. <laughs> they really are because actually. Um, not so much the older one. I hope she doesn't hear this too, <laughs> because because she's nine now, and all of those um, thoughts and uh, hang ups and awareness of what other people might think of you and all this kind of thing is starting to really creep in as a nine year old girl living in sorrow. And um, but my son, when I, he is just so inspiring because we all get caught up in stuff we all have work to do and emails to send and uh, and things that go wrong techni technologically and otherwise that challenge us and actually he he is just this beaming shining example of what it is to be in the moment he is constantly in his moment he has no worries. He he's he's kicking that ball or building that Lego or playing with whatever he's playing with, and he's so truly there. And I feel really grateful to have this constant reminder of what that is like and how possible it is actually for all of us when we just notice. Oh, look at what I've picked up. Can I just put that down a second? And can I just be here with what is, mm. whether that is the email or whatever it might be? And so I feel so, so grateful to have those little uh, lessons around me. My husband had never been into mindfulness and meditation. I think he thought I was kind of 
going a bit strange when I first got into it. But um, actually, he came on a course uh, with me probably about three and a half, four years ago, uh, only because I'd had an operation and I couldn't carry my meditation cushions into no. the hall. So he was there dropping them off and he was like, wow, all these people are coming to see you. <laughs> They're paying to come and see you. Maybe I should find out what this is about. <laughs> and so he stayed uh, for that first session and he really got it. He really got it. And then uh, thereafter, he's kind of done various courses with me. Uh, and, and that's kind of strange at first. Have you ever done that? Have no, no, we, we keep... She comes. To, she's come to one or two things, but um, she likes. She likes me to just have my own space when I teach. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can bring in a different level of. It brings a different energy as well if if your partner's there. Yeah, but um, but actually, it was a learning for me and something to kind of get over. And subsequently, I've had lots of kind of family members and mm. close friends things and uh and actually yeah something something that i've got more used to but he uh and then uh two years ago he went on a enlightenment intensive with me um just because obviously he could he could see how incredibly transformative they were for me how useful um they had been for me and i think he was just intrigued as to see what on earth is all this strange stuff about and he he got it. He he got his he got to the heart of his who am I? And that was a real um, important turning point for our relationship because actually I hadn't really thought about it before. But on the journey down, we were we were going to Wales. I suddenly did think, oh my goodness! If if he doesn't get it, if he thinks that this is all a load of woo woo, um where does that leave us it's quite a big it's quite a big thing uh, for a relationship going forward um so yes yeah, so we're not divorced yet this is good <laughs> <laughs> there you go not divorced yet how are things not divorced yet <laughs> that's a brilliant i think that's a brilliant kind of stopping point I just want, <laughs> one little thing that you could leave us with which would be really really lovely uh, maybe just for people listening at home, uh, could you give us a Zen question? A Zen question. So I think the the key Zen question is always, "Tell me who you are. Tell me who you are." So who are you, John? I am this heart with you. <laughs> all right well thank you francis for talking to us it's absolutely been gorgeous brilliant really lovely to catch up with you Fantastic. we should we should do this more often anyway it doesn't have to be a podcast is no it? it doesn't have to be a podcast we should just do this every now and then it'd be fantastic yeah. actually yeah bless you thank you yeah. so much indeed absolutely Alright, take care, much love. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. I hope you really enjoyed that. There are links for Francis's YouTube and website in the description. And if you'd like to know more about my work, head over to www.authenticliving.life where you can sign up for the newsletter and find out about retreats and classes and all sorts of things. 
If you'd like to meditate with me, then please join me over on Meditation Live, where I lead live classes a few times a week, or Insight Timer, where there are streaming meditations available. And finally, if you like the music that opened and is now closing this broadcast, the piece is called Continuum. It's by yours truly and is on Spotify, Tidal, all your usual favourite streaming platforms. It's also on Apple Music and other such places for download. I'll see you next time. Take great care.